Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back to Jeremiah chapter number 21. Appreciate you joining us today. As always, in verse number eight, we are today talking about the siege of or the impending siege of Jerusalem, where Zedekiah, the the last king before captivity, a weak king, by the way, very politically minded, had just as a last ditch effort finally said to a couple of his messengers, would you please go? and ask Jeremiah to pray for us that God would just bail us out of this big mess that we got ourselves in. And Jeremiah gave the answer and said, hey, tell Zedekiah that God said, no, uh, it's too late. And you're not only fighting against Babylon, you're fighting against me and you will not win. And things will get worse before they get better. That's not a message that any one of us wants to hear But it was the message that Zedekiah needed to hear and a message that the nation needed to understand because sometimes the only way that we're going to learn is through that consequential experience. And that's what's happening here in Jeremiah chapter 21, verse number eight, the Bible says, and unto this people. So here Jeremiah is giving this answer uh, to the messengers. And and the, the first answer he gives from God is to Zedekiah himself. Zedekiah, the answer that God gives you is no. And let me clarify, you are fighting against God himself. You will not win. Things will get bad. But then additionally, uh, Jeremiah has a message to the people. And, and that's verse number eight. So unto this people, thou shalt say, thus saith the Lord. So here's a message to the population. Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. That's very common language in the Bible. I think about the the warning in in Deuteronomy where God says you can choose life or death depending on whether you want to obey God and follow the blessings or whether or not you want to disobey God and follow that which will bring a curse. I remember uh, Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And uh, throughout the Bible, there's this call for which side are you on, right? So here in verse number eight, he says, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Here are two choices, and you get to choose only one of them. And both of these roads are clear. The way of means the road to. So the way of life or the way of death. Look at verse number nine. He that abideth in the city shall die. So here's the way of death. The way of death is stay here. Stay in Jerusalem. Now, if you were alive during those days and Babylon were on the march and everybody's nervous, you would want to go to the safest place imaginable, humanly speaking. And the safest place imaginable, humanly speaking, would be Jerusalem. I mean, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, it is a natural defend. Defend, a defensive place. And that's why when Joshua 
came across the Jordan River to conquer the land, one of the places that the children of Israel did not conquer initially was Jerusalem. The Jebusites lived there, and it was unconquerable. They just couldn't do it because the cliffs were so high, and it was naturally defended on its eastern side, on its western side, on its southern side. It was heavily defended on the northern side. No way to get to it. And it took David years later, years later, like hundreds of years later, to finally take over Jerusalem and make it God's holy city, uh, the city of peace. And so uh, if you were alive at that time, Jerusalem was now even more defended that, than she'd ever been. The walls were higher than they'd ever been. So if, if, I mean, ostensibly, the safest place to be would be in the city of Jerusalem. And yet what Jeremiah says to the people is, the most unsafe place for you to be is in the safest place you think you should be. That's the way of death. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So even though logically it might seem like the best option to stay, what I'm telling you by the word of God is if you want to choose life, don't stay in the city. Look at verse number nine. He that abideth in the city shall die by the sword and by the famine. Remember, because the way by which Babylon would defeat enemies typically would be to siege a city, which means to surround it, cutting off all points of entrance and exit so that eventually you would starve out its inhabitants. That's the famine. So by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, Why? Because as sanitation goes down and nutrition goes down, then disease goes up. So there's going to be sword, there's going to be famine, there's going to be pestilence. Then the Bible says, but he that goeth out and falleth to the Chaldeans that beseech you, he shall live. But if you'll actually leave the city and go to the enemy, then they will, then you'll be part of the captivity and you will live. It'll be difficult for you. You'll be taken captive. You'll be brought back to Babylon as many, many, many of them were, but your life will be retained because you have followed God's word. It seems counterintuitive to leave the place of safety. It seems counterintuitive to surrender yourself to the enemies of God's people, and yet that's exactly what God is saying to do if you want to live. That's the way of life. So in essence, the way of life is to surrender to the inevitable God-given consequence. Why? Because it's not Babylon per se that is attacking God's people, that is taking over God's people. Remember what Jeremiah said to, to Zedekiah? No, God is fighting. And for you to fight against them is for you to fight against God's prescribed judgment. To surrender to them is to surrender to what God is doing, how God is working. And how often in our lives is that the difficult thing to do? To simply surrender to the unpalatable things sometimes that God is doing in our life. Sometimes through no disobedience of our own, sometimes as a matter of our own disobedience and the consequences it brings, but to surrender to it, to accept the reaping, 
to accept what God is doing with a good spirit in faith to trust him. That's what Jeremiah, by the word of God, is recommending to them. It's the way of life. He shall live. His life shall be unto him for a prey. Verse number 10, for I have set my face against this city for evil. That's the Lord speaking. I have set my face against this city for evil, not for good, saith the Lord. I've made up my mind what I am going to do for this city. I've made up my mind. So you need to respond according to the truth I'm giving you. It shall be given unto the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Uh, The the city itself, its buildings, the wooden structures, the stones that will be toppled down, that's I've already determined it's going to be destroyed. Verse number 11, and touching the house of the king of Judah, say. All right, so here's the last part of the chapter. So Zedek, uh, Jeremiah has three mess- three parts of one message. The first part is, Zedekiah, hear this. The second part of the message is, people of the city, hear this. The third part of the message is, house of Judah, specifically house of David, hear this. So why a specific message to the house of David? Who is the house of David? The house of David is the royal offspring, and Zedekiah would be part of that. Remember, God has given David, back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, a very specific promise. And that is, we call it the Davidic covenant, and that is, David, I'm going to bless you, and of your seed, there will come come a succession of kings until ultimately the king of kings is born, the ultimate son of David, Messiah, right? That's the Davidic covenant. And even though a captivity is coming, and even though that'll seem to be interrupted for a time, no, Zerubbabel's going to come back in 70 years. It's actually less than 70 here. Uh, But uh, God's going to keep his promise. Look, Look at verse number 11. Touching the house of the king of Judah, say, hear ye the word of the Lord. Here's the specific message to the house of David. Verse 12. O house of David, thus saith the Lord, execute judgment in the morning. Deliver him that is spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, lest my fury go out like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. So it seems that what God is doing here through Jeremiah is giving them kind of one last ditch opportunity to get right. So Zedekiah, you got your message. But house of David, O kingly line, Here's a chance for you. I know things look bleak and everything's about to come down, but hey, do execute judgment in the morning. And and the point there is early. To do something in the morning means it's your priority. It's your now job. So what Jeremiah says through, through God's word here is, man, repent now, get right now and start and, and the, the, this, the symbol or the, the expression of doing right is execute judgment. Treat people right because the way by which they were sinning was the way that they were sinning against each other. We talked about this episodes ago, how they were taking advantage of everyone else and no one was honest with his neighbor and people were just using other people as commodities. And what the Lord was saying here was, if you're going to get right with me, 
That means you're going to have to be right with each other. Do that now. Do that now while there's time, lest my fury come. Look at verse number 13. Behold, I am against thee, O inhabitant of the valley and rock of the plain, saith the Lord, which say, who shall come down against us or who shall enter into our habitations? So think about what the Lord's saying there. I, I have come against you, you inhabitant of the plain. So an inhabitant of the plain is somebody that doesn't think danger is coming. Because if danger is coming, I'm running to the mountains. If danger is coming, I'm not going to stay down in the plain. That's the most indefensible place. And yet God says, that's the way you're behaving. You're behaving as if nothing bad can happen to you. Uh, you're behaving like, like the rock of the plain, inhabitants of the valley, rocks of the plain, as if you are impervious to any kind of, a, of an attack. But, but, you, but you're not impervious. Another way to look at that is Jerusalem itself was the inhabitant of the valley. I mean, Jerusalem is a high spot, but she sits in this big, huge valley around her, the Valley of Kidron and the Valley of, of, of Hinnom. And you're like sitting in this valley, but you're not safe when you've stood against me. Look at verse number 14. But I will punish you according to the fruit of your doings. You will be punished and your punishment will be commensurate to your disobedience. It'll be the fruit of your doings. It's what you have essentially invited and brought upon yourselves. It's the fruit of your doings, saith the Lord, and I will kindle a fire in the forest thereof, and it shall devour all things round about it. That's probably a reference to the fact that the king's palace, so Zedekiah, the house of David, that's the specific people here in this message, they, they, their house will be burned and everything around it. So central to the city of David was the palace of David. And that's where all the kings were living at this point. And sometimes it was referred to like as a forest, a forest of Caesar, cedars. Why? Because the, the house of David, the palace, was built with imported lumber from Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon. So in that sense, it was a forest built of these finest lumber. And it's going to burn and everything around it is going to burn. In other words, judgment must begin at the house of God. Judgment will begin at the leadership, but it will encompass all of those who have been wrongly affected by that poor, ungodly leadership. So it's a, a statement of inevitability where God is judging the people that should have and could have known better. I think sometimes that's us too. We're going to stop there at the end of chapter 21, begin a brand new chapter tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.